Welcome to the Astrology Hub Podcast. I'm Amanda Poole Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our flagship show. I'm Amanda Poole-Walsh, the founder of Astrology Hub, and I am thrilled to, to be here today with astrological legend, cultural historian, and author of Cosmos and Psyche, Richard Tarnas. And today we're going to be talking about something really important, which is astrology's role in creating a better future. And when we asked Rick what he would like to cover today, this was one of the options that he gave us. And the whole team, we all we all said, yes, this would be really, really interesting to cover, especially with Rick. So I'm really, really grateful that he's here to talk about this. And he doesn't really need an intro for most of you. But for those of you who are newer to astrology and or just have not yet heard of Richard Tarnas, I'm going to just do a brief introduction here. He is a celebrated author, astrologer, cultural historian, and professor of philosophy and psychology. His third book, Cosmos and Psyche, Imitations of a New Worldview, is widely considered essential reading for any astrology student. He has an AB from Harvard University, a PhD from Saybrook Institute, and he was the director of programs at Esalon Institute in Big Sur, California. He's the founding director of the Philosophy, Cosmology, and Consciousness graduate program at California Institute for Integral Studies in San Francisco. And we did an episode with Rick a few months back. And if you're interested in learning more, it was an amazing episode. It was for the, um, the launch, essentially, of a docu-series that was featuring Richard's work from the book Cosmos and Psyche. And the episode number is 437. And you can also go to astrologyhub.com slash harness episode if you want to check that out. So episode 437, it's called Changing of the Gods and or you can go to astrologyhub.com slash Tarnas episode. We went into some amazing topics and it was a lot of fun. So I'm really grateful to have you back again, Rick. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the invitation, Amanda. It's always great to see you and, and also be in, in dialogue about these uh, important important issues, you know, and I appreciate also what you're carrying with Astrology Hub and your community there. So it's it's great to uh, for Becca, my daughter and, and I to be um, for the two of us to be presenting through your your to your community and through your 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 network, your organization. Hmm. Yes, we're so grateful. And, and just so you all know, we're probably going to be referring a few times to a workshop that we are hosting at Astrology Hub with Rick and Becca Tarnas coming up in just a few weeks. And registration is open. It's called Your Astrological Initiation. And you can find it at astrologyhub.com slash initiation. But we're going to be talking about it more throughout this episode. And so you, you'll get to learn more. And if you are interested in joining us, we would love to have you for that. Okay, so let's start with the big picture. Why, like, how do you feel astrology 
has a role to play in creating a better future? Why do you feel this is an important topic to, to cover? And how do you feel that's true? Well, I think I think of astrology, uh, for, first of all, just on the personal level, when it comes into, you know, our, our, our own lives for the first time, um, the role it can play in kind of opening us up, uh, I think uh, the subtitle of my, my book, Cosmos and Psyche, was Intimations of a New Worldview. It intimates a new way of relating to, to the cosmos and also uh, to our own lives, and, and it does so in a, in a number of ways. I, th- I think of, a, of astrology as a kind of gift from the cosmos. You know, it, it, it didn't have to be there. Um, we could be uh, just kind of r- random um, beings on this swirling planet in, in the middle of a universe that doesn't have any intrinsic meaning or purpose. And we're just trying to find our way as a, a kind of precarious species uh, in a in a randomly evolving cosmos and astrology suddenly opens us up to the fact that we we live in a different kind of uh, universe one that has meanings and purposes that we are embodying in our lives and that the that our birth charts and our transits and so forth give us important signs of 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 who we are and how we can live more skillfully and that actually points to you know perhaps one of the most important advantages of having an astrology in our in our personal lives and that is it gives us a capacity to live more consciously to live with greater skill because we're we're we have a sense for what are the powerful uh, factors the the, the the planetary archetypes, the 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 energies that are at work in our lives from our birth, uh, that we are actualizing in the course of our lives, and if we get and if we get a sense for who we are and what our potential is in that way, and also because of how transits and progressions give us a, a sense for what. Um, energies are being activated at a particular time and uh, for how long, uh, in what combinations, uh, how does this relate to my own uh, personal kind of predispositions and, and the things I'm working through this lifetime and so forth. It, it just allows us to be more like um, conscious beings participating in the cosmic unfolding rather than kind of unconscious puppets of those energies. It, if I can just say one, one more thing, uh, the, in this sense, the, the depth psychology impulse or project in our modern culture that came out of Freud and psychoanalysis and then Jung and uh, all the major Jungian archetypal transpersonal psychologists and so forth, they've, they have all emphasize the importance of becoming more conscious of what is largely unconscious in us. What, what, what are uh, important factors that are shaping how we see the world, how we respond to it, et cetera. And astrology gives us this opportunity to, um, I mean, I've, I've talked to many people who felt that one really good 
insightful astrology reading from a sensitive, discerning astrologer can be equal to six months of uh, psychotherapy in terms of revealing important um, realities about who we are. And also something that doesn't happen without astrology, which is to get a sense for the timing of things and, and the um, duration and, and uh, so forth. So it, it kind of gives very specific signals, kind of like being Hansel and Gretel in the forest and having those white pebbles, you know, able to help lead us home in the moonlight. Oh gosh. Yes. I, I have a question for you. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that because astrology gives us insights into the different energies that we're embodying, but also that uh, the different energies we may encounter in other peoples, there's these diff- different archetypes. It allows us to be more conscious as we navigate life, instead of it being this sort of random, you know, just meaningless universe, we, we, it's actually infuses it with, with meaning. And there was something that you said in the beginning about astrology's ability to kind of open us up. I, I think it is, is something that you were saying in, in the beginning and, and make us capable to receive these gifts in a way that not a lot of things do. And I was wondering, cause I've been thinking about this recently, especially on the heels of the ESAR conference that I just came from, where there was, you know, hundreds of astrologers all at one event and the amount of passion and enthusiasm and joy that people exude for astrology. I haven't experienced it in any other field. I I haven't ever come across that level of sustained over time enthusiasm. And I'm wondering if if you can think of any um, comparable arenas where where that is true, or is astrology pretty unique in that? Well, I suppose compared to many professional academic conferences, so uh, and and just professional business type conferences, uh, generally there's no comparison, you know, in terms of the the atmosphere and the and the and the feeling that uh, people can have at such a an event i remember hearing uh, a kind of skeptical skeptical academic in england who was doing some studying of the astrological community there and he went to some of the conferences and he he confided to a friend he said um who, who shared it with me who said you know if we are to judge the value of a a worldview or a paradigm by uh, by its by its fruits, that is, by how people are in real life as a result of um, adopting and 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 developing that particular worldview or paradigm or perspective, I have to say, astrology is pretty admirable because the conferences that I've been at. Are, are filled with kind people who um, seem to be have a, a certain uh, benevolence in their uh, re- relating to each other and uh, in their feeling about life. And I, I, I think that has something to do with the benevolence that the cosmos has shown us ah. through 
the gift of astrology. And yeah. that when we, when, we, when we get it, I mean, it's a kind of epiphany. It's a kind of revelation, as it were. And uh, because it does sort of break us out of the disenchanted worldview that is very characteristic of, of the modern era and opens us up to the recognition that we live in an ensouled cosmos that our own soul is continuous with the soul of the universe, that we're, we're embedded in it, and uh, that in some sense we're not isolated specks of meaning-seeking dust in the cosmos. We're, we're active uh, and kind of graced participants in an evolutionary process that is, I think, in some sense, depending on us to live up to our potential and is also giving us, the, um, giving us help. And I think that accounts for at least some of the, there's a healing that happens to the soul when one has that kind of um, breakthrough out of being in an alienated state of, you know, know, being kind of estranged from the universe, uh, feeling one's in a, a cog in a wheel of a, of an impersonal society and so forth. There's a lot of things about the modern era that can create a, a kind of discouraging existential situation. And in our own time, that's been magnified a hundredfold, whether it's through the pandemic or climate change or social political uh, issues. And so it's a very, um, and economic. Uh, so there's a lot of, I mean, to have this kind of blessing of, well, things may be challenging, but I know that I am part of something bigger. There's a larger mystery I'm participating in. And if I can put it uh, very squarely or directly, in a certain mysterious way, this vast universe seems to have, seems to care about us. I, you and I d- discussed this in the um, interview or, or, or podcast that we did a few months ago. Just that quality of, you know, astrology can kind of open up one's heart. And it's partly a recognition to the, rec- to the idea that the universe has a heart that it that it cares about this earth enough to have the planets that we see in in the orbits moving around the sun with along with the earth and and we're able to recognize the different alignments of the planets and to to discover that these movements of the planets have meaning uh, are carrying important important information about who we are and that it and that there's even a caring attention to each moment and to each individual, because each of our birth charts is a unique vessel of meaning as well. So in all those respects, there is a major, uh, a major, I think, heart, heart chakra opening uh, gift that comes from an astrology that is at least recognized at that level. I have to say, not every uh, person who stumbles upon astrology necessarily comes into it and takes in, I think, this kind of spiritual uh, and cosmological larger context of of what they, they are doing. Instead, I think it's more like there's a, I mean, see, we could also talk about the fact astrology, like everything else in human life, has a potential shadow. And astrology can be used as just another method of, of, of kind of strategic uh, payoff calculation. Um, like, h- how can I use this information to, to just 
push a particular uh, agenda uh, that could be quite could be quite selfish, that could be quite uh, objectifying of other people, uh, and so forth. And and in that case, what I would regard as being a kind of sacred gift that's been given to us, you know, I don't want to get too religious about it, but there is a, a spiritual dimension to to the the mystery of astrology. And if that gift is kind of appropriated for just completely, you know, narcissistic strategies, then that can be, I think it's, that's, that's kind of missing the boat of the bigger gift that we're, that we get from astrology. I agree with you. And I would love to hear more about that. What specific misuses do you see? Because we're talking about how astrology can help us create a better world. And like you just said, it's not like everybody who's using astrology or even aware of astrology is using it in that way. So, so where do you see the pitfalls um, in, and how, how can it be used in the opposite way and actually used for harm? Like what, what, what specifics do you see in that way? Okay. So one one way it can be used in an almost self-defeating uh, way is if if one looks at it as being a kind of deterministic or fatalistic system that uh, has in which you ha- you are basically you look at your birth chart and you find out oh this is my fate this is what I've been burdened with this lifetime and I have these hard aspects. And I'm born under a sign I wish I wasn't born under or whatever, you know, just all the different. And you, that partly comes from, I think, a misapprehension of the of the true nature of astrology, which is the these planetary archetypes, these these powerful energies, forces, beings, patterns that that unfold in our lives that are represented by the sun and the moon and um, Venus and Mars and so forth. They don't have just a single meaning that is going to tell us exactly what how they're going to unfold in our lives these are more what i call they're 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 multivalent by which i mean they have a kind of rainbow spectrum of potential meanings that are all faithful to the nature of venus or of saturn or you know the sun but um you know a person who has a uh has a a very uh, strong uh, Mars, uh, for example, could uh, could act that out or channel that energy in purely aggressive kind of egocentric ways that uh, quick to irritation, uh, quick to pick fights, sees the world as a, a place that you're constantly in competition with others. And it's either if I don't get ahead at their expense, they're going to get ahead at my expense, that kind of thinking. Um, or uh, the Mars could be, and this is equally faithful to the nature of Mars, it could express itself in a person's life who has courage, who has ardor, who has uh, a, a capacity you know, to take chances, push forward, um, mobilize their energies on behalf of a, of a task, be brave, etc. I mean, we we need Mars to get out of bed in the morning, uh, but it can so easily turn into, you know, a kind of either, you know, like macho energy or hyper competitiveness that can happen uh, between uh, human beings, etc. 
or it could express itself in something much, much more noble. So that's just Mars. That's the, that's the multivalence, uh, the, the, the kind of rainbow spectrum of possible ways in which a particular planet can express its meaning in a person's life. And that's where our consciousness comes in. That's where our, our uh, level of awareness that we bring to these energies and also the kind of um, spirit that we bring to it too. Are we going to bring to it a, a kind of, you know, again, this idea of a kind of payoff calculator that is just kind of looking to, uh, for advantages in a, in a kind of selfish way? Or is rather looking at how can I embody these energies in a way that is more life enhancing, not only for myself, but for those I love, for the world I'm in, etc. So that's, that's one way in which astrology can be misused. And then the way I was kind of touching on at the very beginning in my response to you uh, with this question ha had to do with not so much that you're being selfish about it, but that you misunderstand the astrology itself as it's not concretely predictive. It's archetypally predictive. It gives us, and, in, and, and by giving us that larger range of ways of being able to express a particular archetype, whether it's um, a light, a noble way or a and not a very admirable way, or it could be a, an extraordinary form, or it could be quite a trivial form. It could, there's, there's light and shadow with every single part of every, every planetary sim, symbol, every sign, et cetera, has uh, its noble potential, its life-enhancing creative potential, and also has uh, a potential for, for more destructive uses, more narcissistic uses, et cetera. Do you think there's a point at which, I mean, do you also think there's a trap in terms of trying to use it too much for prediction? Do you, do you think that there's, there's a line between using astrology sort of to understand ourselves and to understand the archetypes versus to quote unquote, tell the future, for example? Yeah. I think there is a, a, a danger there and, and the danger is connected to missing out on the on the treasure of astrology which is to permit us uh, a deeper understanding of what has already happened and of who we are as well as our potential um and the impulse to try to uh predict the future is certainly in part if not uh in the, largely an effort to to control and our capacity to have agency, as we say in, in psychology and, and uh, philosophy, to, ha to have a sense of being able to act in, in such a way that we are helping to shape our environment, uh, direct our lives with, with our own deliberations and so forth, that, that's important. But if we are only looking at kind of control attempting to control life rather than participate in it. Well, two things. One is we're missing out on a lot. And, and number two, we are probably going to get defeated um, because life is much bigger than any of our plans, any of our capacities to control it. It's, it's uh, 
yeah, it's a it's a much bigger mystery. W- one way of thinking about it is um, in a love relationship, uh, or, or even or even you know most vividly in in the act of making love, any effort to control uh, what's happening is completely counterproductive to the the flowering of love uh, and the flourishing of, of, of a love relationship. Well, that's kind of like life. Um, we, we can either participate in a kind of uh, loving partnership uh, or we can try to control it uh, with a sense of, um, which is really coming from a place of fear. And I guess this is one other gift I think that astrology can give us is to enter into life with, with less fear. Now, a fearful individual can take astrology and then actually have that magnify their anxieties. Like, oh, I can't, I can't go to the store now because the moon is void of course or something like that, you know. And pretty soon one finds oneself imprisoned by these, this kind of um, attempt to micromanage one's life according to what every little detail is happening in the stars. and. That's, I think, also a, a potential danger, a peril that uh, we, we, we should be, be conscious of. But the beauty of astrology is that I think if you enter deeply enough into it, you get a, uh, an intimation of a, of, a, of a universe that has deeper meanings and purposes that are flowing through it and that our entire planet and, uh, and the human community is is embedded in and we our personal soul life is embedded in a a kind of cosmic soul what what we call the anima mundi the the soul of the world anima mundi and that recognition can i think make us uh, less less fearful because i think underlying much of the state of modern anxiety is a sense of the anxiety that comes from an alienation that we live in a purposeless disenchanted universe um, this is a this is the great promise of of the astrological worldview that as it as it begins to enter in I, like i think young younger generations than mine like uh, the the millennials and so forth they're carrying a a possibility of a less armored relationship to the universe and uh, as that unfolds over time, I think there's a possibility of kind of breaking out of that existentialist sense of isolation, of of being a stranger in a strange land, and instead finding that we're at home in, in something that is unfolding through us as well as all around us. You know, I've often thought, Rick, about uh, teenage suicide. And how it seems to me that if children at that age and adults, you know, everybody, if they understood that their life has purpose and meaning, if they could actually not just understand that, but feel that deeply and have an experience of that, it seems like it would be so much less likely that someone would opt to, to take their life. And it's one of the reasons why I feel so passionate about helping to bring this information to 
younger children and teenagers, but in a way that does empower and does uplift and inspire. Because one of the things I was going to also mention in terms of the how astrology can um, sort of do the opposite of making a better world, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, is I've seen people use it to actually create more separation and more boxes you know, like, oh, I don't engage with people like that because I've had bad experience with Aries or I will never have a, or, you know, the reason why he's such a jerk is because he's a blank or, you know, and and, and you hear people use it this way. It's like a, it's a weaponization of astrology that seems to be very harmful as well. Yeah. It's a weaponization and it's also a deep misunderstanding too. It's a real distortion of of the um, astrological reality, uh, one twelfth of the world is uh, Aries or Scorpio or whatever, and who, who is to know which which pre- precious being is going to come into one's life who might not fit your pre your 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 prejudice about a particular sign or uh, something like that? Yeah, yeah, it can it can be misused. I mean, you're I'm quite uh, with you on this idea of what it could mean to young teenagers uh, contemplating um, suicide i've seen the i've seen the effect of having a a compassionate insightful astrology reading for such a person and uh it it changes changes the playing field i mean they they have a different sense of things and it can make a huge difference i remember reading once about a man who had been feeling very suicidal this was a number of years ago. Uh, he had been feeling very depressed to the point of finally making a decision to commit suicide. And while he, that evening, um, he had a plan to do it uh, that night, but he was just sitting down, television was on, and on came a Joseph Campbell, uh, you know, I think it was the power of myth that with the, the Joseph Campbell series about mythology and so forth that he did with Bill Moyers that many millions of people saw in the in the 1990s in particular later 80s and 90s and um he it it just wakened he realized that a lot of what he was going through was a kind of classic hero's journey kind of dark night of the soul and it was it placed it in a different uh context and astrology can do that it Astrology is a carrying of of a deeper mythos, a, a deep a, a deeper sense of the um, mythic meanings that we are living out in our lives, and to feel oriented by it and contained by it in a certain way as a young person who otherwise has no sense that they even why are they even born, you know, uh, uh, is a, and of course they have a filter that allows that that obscures from their vision anything positive, either about themselves or about the the life that they see in front of them. And so I think, well, astrology just by itself, it is a, is in some sense, uh, a neutral phenomenon that can be distorted and, and presented to somebody in a way that uh, has deleterious effects or if it's presented in a way that I think is more authentic to the depth and heart of astrology and is done in a compassionate and insightful way, then you, you have the real opportunity for a person to basically, I mean, the very moment that they get it, 
is is a kind of rebirth. It's a sense of, oh my God, I'm in a different universe than I thought I was. And what I thought was an endless um, darkness going forward is, is in fact, uh, something that makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, my current transits, they're not going to be this way uh, forever. And it reflects certain things that I'm working through in my natal chart, and that have extremely promising possibilities that I, I can still develop and unfold and etc. In all those ways, then the then astrology is a is a liberating gift. And it seems like we're almost in a, a somewhat precarious situation right now, because as old structures of meaning and purpose are, are falling away, and, and I'm re- referring specifically to like religious institutions and, and that sort of religious container that for a lot of people still does. And I'm not saying that this doesn't resonate with, with a lot of people still, but I know for myself growing up, this idea you know, 13 years of Catholic school and this idea that I was basically living so that I could get to heaven after death. Like it never worked for me and never gave me enough purpose or a sense of meaning of the world to, to think that anything was really worth it. You know, it's like, well, so I'm just uh-huh. here so that I can like get somewhere else later. Like that just doesn't really, that doesn't really motivate me on any level. And so I can see that as as that system of or or belief system or I keep thinking of this term container like for purpose the meaning of life as it's crumbling and there isn't really one necessarily formed for a lot of people yet yeah. it seems that we're in this this middle place where it it's either you're going to latch on to some sort of materialistic and very sort of you know, lack, lackluster, and also lack of meaning, understanding of existence, or you're going to find something else that does fill that, that sense of meaning and purpose. And it seems to, again, the kids, it seems like they would be right in the middle of that kind of tug of war between the old and what's emerging. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're in a kind of um, uh, threshold, uh, liminal uh, kind of place in between worldviews. And Mm -hmm. Um, while I think Catholicism and, and uh, many different forms of, of Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, shamanism, and so forth, all these uh, religious and spiritual traditions have uh, a noble side to them, but also have, have, for example, what you're talking about, where the entire focus is on a kind of after afterlife and afterworldly and a, and a kind of negation of this life, except as it uh, will um, make or break your, your, your time in eternity, um, that can be a confining perspective. I mean, we have many gifts that have come out of Christianity, Judaism, and so forth, and they can, and they are living vessels that can be renewed uh, for the individuals who live within those traditions. But you're quite right; we live in an era which, overall, in our secular age, the old religious containers have. I mean, it's just nothing like the way it would have been in uh, 1500 or something like that, where everybody was completely. It was just an unquestioned belief in in God or in, in the, the, the one religion that was dominant in your culture, your civilization and so forth. And now we live in a time where there not only are many 
religious options, uh, but there are also the options of no religion, uh, no spirituality as well. Uh, is, and the, one of the dangers that you uh, that fit into what you were talking about for a person in that in-between place is that in the search for meaning, which they're not getting out of a meaningless universe, they can yeah, have like a very, it could be turned into a kind of materialistic thing. The, what's going to give me the greatest meaning? Making a lot of money, uh, that shiny, you know, get, getting as many toys before I die, uh, you know, the, the, the shiny technologies and so forth. And they, they take on a kind of, they take on the role of, of, a, of, a, of the sacred and it's a, it's a cheap version of it. And so it isn't really ultimately very nourishing. People on their deathbed very seldom say, God, if I had only made another million dollars, I would have felt so much better now. You know, yeah. uh, there's other values that suddenly become relevant. So, mm. yeah, I think, I think you're, I'll just mention that one of the things about astrology is that all cultures prior to the modern have some sense that we live in an ensouled cosmos and that there is an astral dimension to it. And it, and in certain cultures, certain civilizations, it got highly developed, the, the astrological point of view. And certainly the, I mean, European civilization that has shaped so many of us and really shapes the modern world still to, to an enormous extent. European civilization, there was, there was astrology being taught in the universities right up you know, uh, through the 17th century. And prior to that, uh, the, the civilizations that it emerged out of, whether we're talking about ancient uh, Egypt, ancient Mesopotamia, and so forth, these were all astrological civilizations. And astrology was, astrology, astro, astronomy, they were one, one practice, one discipline, one, you, the, the great archaic civilizations were studying the stars and the planets movements, not just for purely to understand the materialistic side of what are these, uh, what, what makes sense of these motions and so forth. They were interested in what's up with the gods right now. The, the, the heavens were seen as, uh, as, as divine. They, they had um, deep significance. And so the greatest advances that were made in astronomy were made during astrological um, eras, uh, including in, in ancient Greece, the Hellenistic era, uh, and uh, the medieval era going right into the Renaissance. I mean, the Renaissance was highly astrological, uh, highly magical, living very much in an ensouled universe, and yet was, uh, was also uh, the, the kind of vessel of, of the modern. Um, so we have, astro I like to think of astrology as being this kind of cosmic uh, spiritual background that in some sense, all the religious streams and traditions have that way in the background because we all have it in our uh, human evolutionary and historical background. And so I think it's quite possible that we're going to see in the future astrology playing a role as a kind of embracing spiritual container uh, for playing a role that is not dissimilar to what re various religions have played, but it can do so in intimate interaction with the different religious and spiritual traditions, as many people are doing already. Christian astrologers, Buddhist astrologers, Hindu, of course, Hindu astrology is like 
you know, completely central to the to the religion and and the and the people. So that's uh, those are a few thoughts about how how we can regard the. Yeah, I think astrology really does have that potential to serve us all at a time when the old vessels are cracking as a as an as a container, a vessel, a uh, something that we all can directly experience, uh, not just take on faith. This is why I think it's important to share with people more the details of how to understand their charts so that they have a direct experience. They're not like waiting on the priest to show them uh, what's, how do I relate to the divine will, but they have a, a direct relationship to, to, to the, to the mystery and they become their own priestess and priest rather than just dependent on someone who's telling them what's what. And so that's why I think it's quite valuable to do something like, you know, the kinds of things that astrology hub organizes and sponsors, which is this opportunity for people from all walks of life to be able to have a more a direct encounter with with astrology, understand it better, be able to look at their own chart and and make sense of it and get nourishment from that. Hmm. Let's go there next. But I just wanted to reflect back to you something that recently I was on a plane and I sat next to a Christian pastor and, you know, I asked him what he does and, and he told me he's a pastor. I was like, oh, wow, cool. And then he asked what I did. And I said, well, I, I run a company called Astrology Hub. And it was fascinating, the conversation that ensued, because we were able to talk about the Bible and how many references to the stars there are, how many references to astrology. And he was so open to the perspective. And I could so clearly see how these two things are not in conflict at all, that they truly can come together and, and really add a lot of depth to both sides of the conversation. And he reminded me that in the middle ages, or I mean, even not until like that far back in history, most people couldn't read at all. And so they had to have the priest tell them what the Bible said. And, and they had to have a translator because they weren't allowed to learn how to read. So it's, it's just fascinating to see that, you know, there, there were these structures put in place to kind of keep people from the wisdom and, and, and the true direct experience of the divine and how astrology really does open up this opportunity for us to have these direct experiences. And it's really important that each one of us learn how to read it, at least at some level, so that we're not always dependent on someone else filtering what it means to us. Yeah. And that, and, and uh, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that conversation. I'm sure it would, it was, it was quite, uh, quite fun, special. Um, I think it also, what you're saying, I think points to the value of having astrologers who, when they are talking to their clients, um, they, they don't just give them conclusions. They, they, they help the the person see where they're getting this uh getting these insights where they're making these connections and each time that that happens there's there's a little bit more of breaking out of the of the model of you have to have the priest or priestess tell you how to relate to the divine you get you're helping to build a an open um path 
for the the direct experience and the direct uh, nourishment that can come from from being able to track your own transits or or recognize what your your natal aspects are and so forth. I love that you called out that nuance of of the role of the astrologer in a, a consultation. And I know we're going to be talking about a lot of that in your astrological initiation, which is the workshop that you and your daughter Becca are doing for us here at Astrology Hub just in a few weeks. And can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to want to to really talk about some of these less discussed topics in astrology, not technique, not this is how to read a chart, but here's how to hold space. Here's important considerations as you're engaging with people, whether or not you're an astrologer or just someone who people turn to for astrological information, which I know pretty much everybody in our community would be playing that role on some level right? You're sort of seen as the one that knows what's going on with the stars. People come to you and say, Hey, what's going on. And you're put in that role of advisor or interpreter, you know, whatever you want to call it. So just tell us a little bit about what inspired your desire to want to teach this specific workshop for our community. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with how much um, astrology is now coming into wider and wider uh, numbers of people's lives, uh, uh, larger and larger numbers of people, wider populations. And I just saw this as, as did Becca, uh, a, a great opportunity to help the, those who are on the astrological, it could be even just an, an early interest in astrology, or it could be they're already a practicing professional, but to, try to provide a, a way of understanding what the astrological uh, mystery is about, what, the, what, what, it, what it means in our lives, that it even exists. And, and also, I mean, while we will be discussing, you know, the basic principles of astrology and, you know, not going into the, all the techniques of how to read, you know, midpoints and uh, rulerships in the Hellenistic system or something like that. We're not going to go into that kind of detail, but we are going to go into, um, we do want to get across an understanding of the, the, the underlying astrological principles in such a way that it's an orientation. It, 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 it gives us a sense, it, it gives, we're hoping to give uh, those who are in the, in the workshop a sense that of of grounding of foundations of a of of a larger framework of understanding uh, within which their adventure in astrology can unfold uh, with with greater fruitfulness. Um, so that that's that's what we have in mind, and and p- part of the reason for doing it also is the fact picking up on things we've talked about earlier is that astrology can be abused. It can be distortedly understood in such a way that it an astrology reading poorly delivered can be wounding a person can come away from a a reading feeling more discouraged about their life not more encouraged and that's that's flat out wrong that's not what astrology sh- should be doing and can do and so we we want to um kind of give people a sense for the respect the, the privilege that we have with the astro the, the this powerful it's a it's a powerful 
um, tool as and and like a it's like an archetypal telescope to the heavens that allows us to see certain things that others aren't seeing. And if we look through that telescope and then come back and tell others or or tell ourselves things that produce a discouraging outcome, then uh, what kind of a gift is that? What kind of a uh, reading is that? And But that's the thing about astrology. It's a powerful tool. And like all tools, all technologies, uh, all spiritual paths can um, produce destructive consequences or wounding ones in the wrong hands or handled in the wrong way. And so we, we want to uh, give a sense for the, the, the great privilege and therefore also responsibility that comes with astrology to, to see its nobility and to, and to recognize how to present the information that we get from our astrological uh, study, uh, whether we're presenting it to others or whether we're just using it in our own lives, to do that in a way that is true to its highest potential rather than a reflection of sort of pathological narcissism or fears or or a kind of unconscious use of astrology that tells where the the astrologer is telling the person oh you uh oh, this new relationship that you're in um i don't see any future in it because of this and that that's an a that's a that's a misunderstanding of astrology every thriving loving couple has hard aspects between their charts and it's a it's it's completely uh, a distortion to think that a hard aspect either in one's natal chart or in a relationship um sinistry as as they call it uh, between two charts is uh, just a, a foregone conclusion of of negativity that's just the wrong wrong way of interpreting the astrological information so we want to try to you know, kind of just as a physician is taught from the beginning in medical school, first do no harm. And uh, that's an important thing to take in as well as now, how can we use this that could be the, the most life enhancing? In my experience, I've also found just in speaking to people in our community or, you know, people that I've met, you don't always know why what you said might have created a, a harmful experience for the other person. I think sometimes, uh, most of the time, astrologers or you know people, ambassadors of astrology, whatever you want to call people that aren't officially astrologers, but who get turned to for astrological insights, they have the best intentions. You know, you, you may come in with the best intentions and, and actually even be enthusiastic about sharing certain things with people and unaware of the way that that, that could be received by the people. So I'm so grateful that you and Becca are going to come with your combined, how many decades of experience between the two of you? Like, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Over half a century. I mean, I mean, 60 years. Yeah, exactly. So that, that we, I feel we're going to be able to avoid some of the pitfalls, you know, by, by having, being able to learn from your experience, both in your own personal practices, but also what you get to witness in the field to, to really not have to learn from hard experience all the time of how, you know, how we could be inadvertently creating harmful situations. So we are so grateful that you two are coming to do this workshop with us. It's going to be a four hour workshop with a two 
our live Q&A with Rick and Becca. They are co-teaching it, which is also such a gift just to see a father and daughter uh, duo, like a very dynamic duo, each so powerful and insightful and sensitive in their own ways. To have you two come together to teach this is also such a gift. So we're very honored that we get to host this workshop here at Astrology Hub, and we're really excited to invite all of you to join us. So it's astrologyhub.com slash initiation. Of course, if you can't make the live teaching or live Q&A, everything is recorded. It will live in your online library for life. So if you can't join us live, you'll still have access to it later. If you're in a very busy period of, of life, you can opt in now and then watch it later. However you want to engage with the content, it's very flexible in that way. But we would love to have you. This feels like an incredible opportunity for all of us to to really learn from some of the most incredible um, minds and hearts in astrology that are alive today. So Rick, is there anything else you want to share about the class or about the, about the topic that we've covered, covered today? Oh, I think we, we've, we've given a, a, a decent sense of it. You know, one thing is that just to know that the, the four-hour workshop will be on, on a separate day from the, from the two-hour Q&A. So yeah. it's not like a six-hour marathon. Yes. Um, and, uh, and even the four hours, of course, you can um, watch part of it recorded and part of it live, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be little breaks and so forth. So it'll be, I think, a, a manageable uh, time. But we're, we're really looking forward to this opportunity to, to have this, you know, very special community uh, of, that we would be speaking to. And also, I'm personally excited and, and even honored to be teaching this with with Becca. She's just um, in in the last decade just flowered so much as uh, on her on her own terms as a as an astrologer uh, and as a uh, as a professor herself. That you know, in in certain circles, I'm 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 known as Becca Becca Tarnas's dad. You know. <laughs> Uh, which is a, a great um, joy for a father to hear. Oh gosh, you two are just amazing. Becca has been an inner circle uh, astrologer teacher several times for us, and she's just amazing. Like I, every time I listen to her, I'm just blown away at her intelligence and the beauty of her heart and the um, the wisdom. It's like, and I was I was saying to Rick before we went live. It's fascinating to me to even be able to witness this father-daughter duo because it's so different than the way I grew up. I was telling Rick that I definitely am very different from my family um, in my interest of astrology and like the esoteric and those kinds of things. And it's amazing to me to consider what it would have been like to grow up in a household where conversations about astrology and psychology and the cosmos and all these things would just be like dinnertime conversation. It's, it's just, it's incredible to consider. And so I, I'm just, it, it, on many levels for me, it's amazing to have you two transmitting this information to all of us. And I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. Thanks, Amanda. Um, we're we're appreciative of your of your invitation, and um, yeah, feel really good about about being part of your community in this way. Yes, awesome. Okay, so again, that's astrologyhub.com/slash 
initiation. If you are an inner circle member, you do receive your inner circle discount on this. So make sure you go into your membership portal and you find your discount code and make sure you put that in when you join the class. And we can't wait to spend this extra special time with all of you and with you, Rick. Thank you again for coming here today, helping us uh, see all the different ways that astrology is just so magical and alive and here to really enliven our lives. So it's just, I always love listening to you. It's like listening to poetry and it's so clear that this is such an embodied um, experience for you. It's not, this isn't, these aren't just ideas that you hold up here in your head. This is lived experience and just being around it is inspiring. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I'm grateful for, for that, Amanda. I am also uh, appreciative of the kind of spirit that you bring to your, to your um, whole organization and what you're doing here. So that's why we're here. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Okay, everybody. So check that out again, astrologyhub.com slash initiation. Enrollment is now open. We would love to have you join us. And Rick, thanks again. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to this episode. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.